And hi, host here, King Pest, by Edgar Allan Poe. A tale contains an allergy, a guard so bare, will allow in kings the things which are abhor in rascal roots. Back has tragedy of Felix and Forex, about twelve o'clock one night, in the month of October, during the chivalrous reign of the third Edward, two seamen, belonging to the crew of the free and easy a trading schooner playing between Stoots and the Thames, and when then at anchor at the river, were much astonished to find themselves seated in the tap room of the alehouse in the parish of St. John's, London, which our house bore for the sign of the portrait of Johnny Tarr. The room, alone, ill-contrived, smoked, blacked, ill, low-pitched, and in every other aspect agreeing with the general character which such places at the pi- at the period was nevertheless in the opinion of the grotesque groups scattered here and there within separately well adapted to its purpose. Of those groups are two seamen formed, I think, the most interesting, if not the most conspicuous, the one who appeared to be the elder, and whom his companion addressed by the characteristic appeal of legs, was at least was at the same time much taller of the two. He must have measured six feet and a half, and a habitable stoop in the shoulders seemed to have been the necessary consequence of an attitude so enormous. Superfruities in height were, however, more than accounted for by deficiencies in other respects. He was exceedingly thin, and made his assertions asserted, had answered when drunk for a pendant at the masthead, or when sober was served at gyp- but these jests and others of a similar nature had eventually produced no time any effect upon the trenchy muscles of the tar, with high cheekbones as large hook nose, retreating chin, fallen under jaw, and huge protruding white eyes, expression his countenance, although tinged with a species of dogged indifference of, of matters and things in general, or not less utterly solemn as serious beyond all attempts of imitation or description. The younger seaman was all, in all outward appearance, the converse of his companion. His stature could not have exceeded four feet. A pair of stumpy bow legs supported his squat, unwieldy figure, which is unusually short on thick arms, and no ordinary fists at these extremities swung off dangling, from his sides like fins of a sea turtle, small eyes, no no particular colour, twinkled far back, his head, his nose remained buried in the mass of flesh which enveloped his round, full and purple face, his thick upper lift rested upon the small, still thicker one beneath, with an air of confidence of self-affection, much heightened by the other owner's habit of licking them at intervals, he eventually regarded his tall shipmate with feeling ill, half wondrous, half critical, and starved by occasional by his face and red setting sun stares at the crags of Ben Nevis, various and eventual. Ventful, however, had been the pregnancy of the worth couple in about different tap houses of the neighbourhood during the early hours of the night. Funds. Even the most ample, not always everlasting, it was an empty 
pockets our friends have adventured upon the present house of Lillian. At the precise period, then, when his tutorial history properly commences, Legs and his fellow Hugh Topolin sat each with both elbows resting upon the large oaken table in the middle of the floor, with a hand upon the either cheek. They were eyeing from behind a huge flagon of unpaid humming stuff. The pompous words, no talk, which to an indication astonishment was scored over the doorway by means of the very material whose presence has purported to deny. But that the gift of deciphering written characters, a gift among the community of that day, considered little less critical about the art of indicating, could, in strict justice, have been laid to charge from even the disciple of the sea. But that, there, but there was, to say the truth, a certain twist of formation of letters, and indescribable lurch about the whole, whose forbade did, in the opinion of both seamen, a long reign of dirty weather, and termed them at once on the local words of the legs himself. Bump ship, chew up all sail, and scud before the wind, having accordingly disposed of what remained of the law, or the ale, and looped up the points of their short doublets, they finally made a bolt for the street. Although Templin rolled twice into the fireplace, forsaking it for the door, yet their escape was lengthy, uh, was at length happily effected. Half after twelve o'clock, found our heroes ripe with a mystery for running and running for life down a dark alley in the distraction in the direction of St. Andrew's Stair, hotly pursued by the landlady of Jolly Tar, at the efforts of this eventual tale. Painful tale of priority for many years before all England. But most especially the myth follows this renowned. When the fearful city of plague, a city with a great measure depopulated, and those huge, horrible regions of the Vesey of the Thames, amid the dark, narrow, and filthy lanes and alleys, the demons of the Dees were supposed to have had his nativity. Oh, oh, terror and superstition alone to be found striking aboard by authority of the king, which districts were placed upon under ban, all persons forbade under pain of death to intrude upon the dismal solitude. Yet neither the mandate of the monarch, nor the huge barriers erected on the entrances of the streets, nor the prospect of a loose and death which, with almost certain, almost absolute certainty, overwhelmed the wrench, whom no peril would deter from the adventure, but prevented the unfurnished and untended dwellings from being stripped by the hand of the neatly raper of each article, such as iron, brass, or lead work, which could be could in any manner be turned to a profitable account. Above all, it was usually found upon the annual winter opening of the barriers of the locks, bolts, and secret Sellers have proved but slender protection to those rich toys of wine, doors of wine liquors, which, in consideration of risk and trouble or removal, money and numerous dealers, having shops and they put her consented to trust during the period of that sold to insignificant security. But there was very few of the terror stricken people who retributed these going to agency of human hands, pest spirits, human play goblins, fever demons. 
but the popular imps of mischief and tales of so blood turning were hardly told, and the whole mass of forbidden buildings at length enveloped in terror in its eyes a shroud and plundered himself for often the plunder himself was often scared away by the horrors of his own deceptions and created, leaving in the vast by a vast circuit of prevented district of gloom, silence, pestilence, and death. It was one of the terrible barriers already mentioned that had integrated a region beyond to the, uh, under the pest band. And then scrambling up down an alley, legs and a hot, worthy hoe telephone found that their progress suddenly impeded. The return was out of the question. No time to be lost as the pursuers are close upon the hills. We threw fire beds, steaming to turn clamber up, and roughly fashioned plank work was a trifle, and maddened with the twofold excitement of exercise and liquor, they leapt hastily down within the enclosure, holding their drunken course and shouts and yells, where they soon bewildered his nice, nice and, and nindicate recesses. Had they not indeed been intoxicated beyond moral sense, a reeling footsteps would have closed my horrors of their situation. The air was cold and misty, and paving stones loosened from their beds, lay in mild disorder, and tall white grass which sprung up around the feet and ankles. Fallen houses choked up the streets. The most fluid and poignant smells everywhere prevailed, and by the aid of ghostly light, which even at midnight never fails to emanate from what every president of the atmosphere might be discerned. Lying by the paths and alleys of rotting the wind, windless happened fatins, the cankers of many an eternal plunderer, arrested by the hand of the plague in which perpetrated his robbery. But is that is it but it lay not the power of images or sensations or impediments such as these sustained the course of man whom naturally brave at a time especially brimful of courage and human humming stuff would have reeled as straight as their condition might have permitted undoubtedly the very jaws of death onward still onward strike stalked with grim legs making such solemn echo and re-echo with yells like terrific war whooped of the Indian, and onward, still onward, rolled a dumpy turman hanging on to the doublet of his most more active companion afar, surpassing the latter most strenuous assertions in the way of music, vocal music, by bull rumbling, rum, roarings and brasso from the profanity of his stereophone lungs. They were now had eventually reached the stronghold of the pestilence, the way of every step of plunge and crew more noisome and more horrible, the paths more narrow, more intricate. Huge stones and beams fallen momentarily from the cave roofs above gave evidence by the sulken heavy descent of the vast height of surrounding houses were actually as such were actually to be unnecessary force to the passage through frequent heaps of rubbish, it was by no means seldom that the hand I fell upon the skeleton or rested upon a more fleshy corpse. Suddenly, as the seaman stumbled against the entrance of a tall and ghastly looking building, a yell more than the usual shrill from the throat of the excited legs was applied 
to within them, rapid accession of, of a wild laugh-like and fiendish shrieks. Nothing daunted, nothing daunted at sounds, which at such a, a nature as such as time and such as place might have curdled the very blood in her hearts. This equivocal on fire and drunken couple rushed along against the door, bursting open and staggered in the midst of things the validity of curses. A room within which had they found themselves proved to be the shop of an undertaker. But an trap, open trap door in the corner of the floor near the entrance looked down upon a long, long trail range of risers of depths. The occasional sound of bursting bottles proclaimed as well stored with the appropriate contents. In the middle of the room stood a table in the centre of which again arose a huge tub which appeared to be punch, bottles of various wines and cordials together with jugs, pitchers and flagons of every shape and quality were scared, scattered profusely upon the board. Above it were coffin trestles, were seated were seated the company six. This company of endeavour to deliberate one by one. Fronting the entrance and elevated a little above his companions, sat a peonage who appeared to be present at the table. His stature was gaunt and tall. Legs are confronted, confirmed beyond with him a figure more emphasized than himself. His face was a yellow as saffron, but no figure excepting one alone was significantly marked at the merit of pop particular description, this one considered a, in a forehead so unusually and easily lofty to have an appearance of bonnet or crown or fresh silver added upon its natural head, his mouth was plucked and pimpled, in a special ghastly fertility in his eyes, as indeed the eyes of all table were glazed over the fumes of intoxication, a gentleman's clothes from head to head and richly embroidered black shirt velvet pale wrapped negligently around his form after the fashion of a skirtish cloak. His head was stuck full of stable hearse plumes, which he had nodded to and from the jointy and numbing air in his right hand. He held a huge human thigh-bone, and then he appeared to have just knocking down some member of the company for a song. Opposite to him, with her back to the door, as was a woman, no white, of the less extraordinary character. Though quite as tall as the person just described, she had no right to complain of his unnatural emanation. She was in ventally in the last stage of dropsy. Her figure resembled nearly that of a huge puncheon of October beer, which stood with the head driven close by her side in the corner of the chamber. Her face was extremely round and full, the same peculiarity of whether or not the peculiarity attached itself to her consonants, which I have before mentioned in the case of presidents. That is to say, that only one feature of her face was slightly distinguished to need a separate conversation. Indeed, the acute tutoring immediately observed that. The same remark would not, would might have to reply to the every individual person of, of the party.
every one of them whom soon to possess a monopoly of some, some peculiar potion of process quality, where the lady in question it proportion proved to be the mouth, commencing at the right ear, is swept from the terrific cavern to the left, the short pendants which wore entire article continually bobbing into the aperture. She made, however, every exertion to keep her mouth closed and looked dignified, in a dress consisting of a newly starched and ironed in shroud, coming up close under her chin with crimpled ruffle and clubbing muslin. In her right hand sat a diminutive young lady, whom she appeared to patronise, this delicate little creature in the trembling of her wasted fingers, in a livid hue of her lips and a plastic attic spot, which tinned her otherwise leaden complexion, Give it evident indications of a galloping conception, an air of gave as streaming had not done, however prevailed her whole appearance. She wore a graceful and degraded manner, a large and beautiful wind sheet of finest Indian lawn, her hair hung in ringlets over her neck, a soft smile played about her mouth, but her nose extremely long, thin, sinuous, flexible, prim. Pimpled hung down far below her, up under her lip, in spite of the delicate manner in which she down, and then moved to one side or other with her tongue, gave her the countenance of somewhat equivocal expression. Over against her, and upon the left, her drops the cool lady was seated a little puffy, wheezing, and guilty old man whose cheeks wrote opposed our shoulders of the owners like two hose bladders of opal wine. His arms folded with one bandaged leg deposited upon the table. He seemed to think himself entitled to such consideration. He eventually prided himself upon every inch of his personal appearance, but took more special, special delight in calling attention to his gaudy coloured stutter. This, to say the truth, might have been cost him no little money, and made it, or was made to fit exceedingly well. Being fashioned with one of these curiously embodied silken covers, obtaining so these glorious accretions which in England and elsewhere was customary hung up in some conspicuous place upon the dwellings of departed aristocracy. Next to him on the right hand of the president was a gentleman with a long white hose and cotton drapers. His frame took a in shook in a ridiculous manner for, with, with a fit that what Tom called the horrors. His jaws, which had been newly shaved, were tightly lit by a bondage of muslin, his arms being fastened by a similar way at the wrist that prevented him Eleven prevented him from helping himself too freely to liquors upon the table, precaution rendered necessary in the opinion of the legs by perpetually Scottish and wine building casts of his vegetation, a pair of proclivous ears, nevertheless, which have no doubt felt impo- found impossible to confide, towered away to the atmosphere of the apartment where occasionally picked up by a spasm of the sound of the rocking, boring of a cork, fronting him. So, so, safely linked, lastly, was situated a singularly stiff looking personage who, being affected with paralysis, might, so to speak, seriously have left very ill. At ease, his uncompanied inhabitants. He was habited some. What in the uniquely and new and handsome humbugging coffin? It's 
Dr. Tail Beast pressed upon the skull of the wearer, extended over the fashion of a hood, giving to the tire face an air of inscrutable interest. Armholes had been cut in the sides for the sake, not more of elegance than a convenience, but the dress, nevertheless prevented the proprietor from sitting as erect. His associates he lay reclining against his trestle, an angle of forty-five degrees, a pair of huge goggle eyes rolled up from the awful whites towards the ceiling in absolute amazement of his own enormity. Upon each of the party laid a portion of a skull, which used a drinking cup overhead was suspended a human skeleton, by means of rope tied one of the legs and fastened a ring to the ceiling. The other limb confided by another fritter, stuck from the, the body of the right ankles, causing the whole loose and rattling frame to dangle and twirl at a complete of every occasional puff of wind which found its way into the apartment. The cranium of this hideous thing lay in quantity of ignited charcoal, which threw a fretful that vivid light over the entire scene while coffins and other where is apparently appearing thinning to the shop of the undertaker were piled high up around the room or against the windows, preventing any ray from escaping into the street. A sight of this extraordinary assembly, there is still more extraordinary paraphernalia. Our two seamen did not conduct themselves with a the scree of decorum, which might have been expected. Legs leaning against the wall near which he happened to be standing dropped his lower jaw, still lower than usual, and spread open his eyes at his fullest extent, while Hugh Tumbling stooping down to be bring his nose upon the level with the table, spreading out a palm upon his even knees. Burst into a long, loud, and a stupid roar of ill-timed and appropriate laughter, without, without however, taking offence at behaviour so exceedingly rude. The tall president smiled very graciously upon the intruders, nodded to them in a dignified manner, and his head of staple pools. Arising, each, arising, took each by the arm and led him to a seat with the other, some of the others the company had placed in the meantime of his accommodation. Legs to go, legs to always offended, not the slightest resistance, but sat down as he was directed, while tall, tall goats were huge, removing his coffin trestle, which stationed near the head of the table, to the vicinity of the little consumptive lady in a winding sheet, pumped down by the side in high glee, and pouring out a skull of red wine, quaffed it to the to their better acquaintance, but as this presumption and the stiff gentleman in the coffin seemed exceedingly rattled, nettled, and serious consequences might have been sued, but for the president rapping upon the table and his truncheon diverted attention to all present to the following speech. It comes our duty upon the present happy occasion of us there, and your hundred legs, looking very serious, of us here there a bit. I say, I tell you, us who the devil. You are, we are, on what business are we here, rigged off like fell fiends and swinging the snug row rain, stowed away the winter by honest shipmen. Will Wilbur the, Wilbur the undertaker? An unpardoned piece of ill breeding, the, the original company half started to their feet and uttered the same rapid succession of bold, fiendish screeks, which beyond caught the attention of seamen. The chairman, the 
present, however, was the first to recover his composure. At length, tender legs and mostly dignified with recommenced. Most willingly will be gratifying any reasonable curiosity of the part of the guest that so lustrous, unbind, and for through they'd be us. Know that in the little dom- dominions I am monarch and the hero of undivided empire upon the king of pests of the first. This apartment, which you no doubt profanely supposed to be the shop of William Wimble, the undertaker, a man we know not, know not, and who have been in a spiritual, have never been, never before this night thought it of, or is this apartment, I say, is down in chamber of our palace, denoted to the castle, chambers of our kingdom, the most sacrificed, sacred and lofty purpose. The noble lady who sits opposite is Queen Pestor, seeming inconstant, the other assorted privileges who you behold are all our family and wear in his ignorance of royal blood and in the instinctive titles of his and Duke Pestilus, his grace and Lady Pestilus, his grace Duke Pestilus, a hero seniorous and high judges at Pestilus. As the guard continues, he, you, you demand the business upon which we sit here in the council. We must be betrayed for applying for its concerns and concerns alone. Our own private regal interests, it doesn't matter importance of any others or than ourselves, but in consideration of these rights of which as guests and strangers it may feel otherwise entitled will be furthermore it's plain we are this at night prepared to d- deep research and accurate investigation to examine, analyse and thoroughly determine the you omnipotent know, spirit, the incorporous qualities of nature, of these insurmountable treatments of this platter of vines, ales and liquors of his godly metaphorosis by so doing to advance not more uh, our design and whole work to welfare of unearthly sovereign whose reign is at over us, whose dominions are un- Limited, and whose name is Death. Whose name is Davy Jones? It's Lady totally helping the lady by his side at the skull with liquor and pouring out a second self. Profane valet, said the present, and now turning his attention to worthy Hugh, profane and wretched, 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 he have said that in consideration is right, which even in the of fifty person would feel no indication of right. We consider to have make a play that rude and proceed to inquiries. We we nevertheless we are unhindered attention upon our councils. Beside believe it's our duty in McLeary and the companion in each of gallery of deep sleep. Obviously not deep deep gallery of deep strap hamming and imbued. Which to posterity our kingdom a single draught and upon the, some, your bent knees a shelf for for free, free even to proceed upon your way or remain to be admitted to privileges of our table according to our respective and individual pleasures. It would be a matter of utter importance," replied Legs, "from from whom the assumptions of king." The dignity of King Pest, the first of 
eventually inspired some feeling of respect, and arose and seated himself by the table. He spoke. It would pleasure your majesty, a, pit, a matter of utter importance, to stow away in my hold even one part of the same liquor which your majesty has just mentioned, to say nothing of the stuffs placed on board or full known by the way of Barris. And made not to mention the various ales and liqueurs shipped this evening at a different sea places ports. I have at present a full cargo of humming stuff taken in to, to, and duly paid for the sign of the jolly tar. You will, therefore, please. To say nothing of the stuff supported on the board of full known of the way of ballast, and not to mention the various ales and liquors shipped this evening in the various di- different seaports, I have in present full cargo of humming stuff, taken duty f- for the sign of the jolly tar. You will, therefore, please your majesty to be so good as to take the will for the deed, to, for no matter of means either can, can I or will swallow another drop, least of all a drop at the village, village bill water that answers to the half of the great trap. We belay that, interrupted Tudvin, astonished not more at the length of his, his companion's speech at the nature of his rusal. Belay that timber, I say, I say, legs, none of these you plover. My hull is so light, although I confess to my, yourself seemed a little top heavy as a matter of your sh- share of the cargo. Well, rather than share a, a, a school, I found a struggle grew for myself. This proceeding imposed by the present is no means an important accordance to terms of the Mudlicott sentence, which in nature meddling not to have been altered or recalled. The conditions we impose must be fulfilled to the letter without a moment's hesitation. In failure to which for a moment we decree that you go you do you do here to try back and discover yourself and duly drown his rebels in a young hog's head of November beer. A sentence, a sentence, a righteous and that's the dust. Our glorious creed, a most worthy and upright and holy consumption. Praise the pest family together. A king of elevated forehead and wrinkles. A gouty young little old man puffed like a pair of bellows. A lady in a winding sheet waved her nose and to and fro. A gentleman in the cotton drawers picked up his ears. She, the shroud, grasped like a dying fish. He, the coffin, looked stiff and rolled up his eyes. Arg, 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 cried for the men without heading the general insertion. He said to them, I am, I was saying, said he, I was saying that when Minister King Pest poked his Merlin strike, was that of the manner of the two free colours, more or less back stripe, strap, the trifle a tight sea boat would, like, like myself, not overstow, have been coming to drink the health of the devil, whose God had knowledge, knowledge, 
coming down my narrow bones to his heel, savoured majesty, where here, but I know as well, I know for myself to be sinner, to nobody in the whole world, but the tiny Tim Herdigoddy as a stage player. Why, it's quite another guest sort of thing. I'm likely to ever pass my comprehension. He was not allowed to finish his speech of tranquility. At the time, Tim Herdigoddy, the whole of the leaped for their seat. Their names. Treason, shouted his majesty, King Press the first. Treason, said the little man of the gold. Treason, screamed anxious doctors and press. Treason, muttered the gentleman with chore tied up. Treason, gored me out of the coffin. Treason, blinked her Treason, squeaked her majesty of the voice and seizing by the hinder part of his breeches, the unfortunate turpin had just commenced pouring out to himself a skull of liqueur. She lifted him high into the air and let him fall without a cemetery to the huge open punch of his beloved ale, bobbing up and down for a few seconds like an apple in a bowl. A toddy at length finally disappeared amid a whirlpool of foam which had already transferred effluent liquid. His struggles seemed successful and grating. Not t- but not tamely, however, but the tall seamen beheld a comfort of his companion, Jocelyn came past through the open trap. The pregnant knees slammed the door down him of an oath and strode towards the centre of the room. He there here tearing down the skeleton which swung over the table. He laid it about him and with so much energy and good will as the, the last glance of light last girl of light died away from the apartment. He succeeded in knocking out the brains of the little gentleman with the gout, rushing them, them with, with all his force against the fatal foghorn full of October and a huge trouble, and he rolled it over and over in, 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 in an instant. I burst a deluge of liquid so fierce and so precious so, so overwhelming the room it was flooded from wall to wall and loaded loaded the loaded table was was overloaded, the trestles upon their backs, and he tub of the pinch of the fireplace. The ladies, in hysterics, piles of death furniture floundered about, jugs, pictures, and cabarets mingled prophecy into the melee, and wicked fragments encountered desperately the drinks of the junk. A man from the horrors was drowned upon the spot. A little snuffed gentleman floated off into his black coffin, a vicious, vicious, victorious legs. Seizing him by the waist, the fat man in the shroud rushed out with the, with the front of, the, of her. Outburst the deluge of liquor, so fierce, so impetuous, so overwhelming. The room was flooded from wall to wall, the loaded table was overturned, the trestles were thrown upon their backs, a tub were punched into the fireplace, the ladies into the hysterics, piles of death furniture flundered about, jugs, pitches, and cafes mingled purposely in the middle of wicked fagans are cloated desperately from bottles of junk. The men from with the horrors are drowned upon the spot. The little stiff gentleman floated off in his coffin, Fitzgerald's legs seizing him 
By the waist, the fat lady in the shroud rushed out with her into the street and made a beeline for the free and easy. Allowed under easy, followed under the easy cell by the redoubtable Hugh Templin, who had been having who had been sneezed three or four times, panting a puff after him with the arch duchess and pests. <laughs>